What's up everyone? Good morning and once again welcome to our Water's Edge online worship experience. Thank you so very much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. I'm getting reports that people tune in from all over the place, places that I didn't even know about, and that's all because of you. Thank you so very much for doing that. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, for God so loved the world that he gave, when we worship, a part of that is giving back in generosity, maybe meeting our new $10 challenge. Thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. You're allowing us to help more people, love more people, serve more people, and feed more people. Our next food pantry is coming up in a couple of weeks. And your generosity, your worship through giving is going to allow us to feed about 2,000 people from our city. So thank you so very much for doing that. Today we continue with our new and exciting current series entitled Beware of Dogs. And we all know what that sign means. This is what it means. If you step onto my property, if you trespass, there's going to be consequences. Maybe my dog's going to get you. Maybe my shady cat's going to get you. Or maybe my deer rifle's going to get you. But if you step onto my property, beware of dog. No trespassing. There may be consequences. And this series is all about forgiveness, healing from heartbreak, and setting boundaries. In fact, it's getting to a point where we can heal. And the way we heal is by setting boundaries. And so if we want to learn how to love again, if we want to learn how to forgive, and if we want to heal from heartbreak, heartbreak on the inside, then we have to come to a place in our life where we're willing to set healthy boundaries, something that I think all of us deal with. And like I said last week, this is free therapy. So let's jump right on in. And like I told you last week, that God's passion is people. God loves people and Jesus died for people, people, real, living, breathing, fragile people who have feelings, who have dreams, who have anxieties, who have fears, who have hopes, who have stories, who have expectations, who have needs and desires and struggles and battles. We as people, you got to understand, we bring all of that into our relationships with other people. We bring all of those things, all of those complexities about ourselves into our interactions with other people and also into our conflicts with other people. And honestly, sometimes that doesn't go so well because people can go through seasons in their life. And sometimes as we go through these difficult seasons, you and I can be moved and controlled by our anger, by our resentment, by our bitterness, by our jealousy, by our pride, by our selfishness and by our desire to get payback and revenge. And then at times, we also have other people in, my, in our life and those other people, they can also be moved and controlled by their selfishness, by their rage, by their maliciousness, by their anger, by their emotions, by their reactions. And so because of that, like we pointed out when we started off this series, you and I mistreat each other because that's usually easier than restraining the most selfish parts of who we are. That's why we hurt each other and that's why we mistreat treat each other because it's the easiest thing to do and the most selfish parts of who we are is our anger it is our pride it is our selfishness and it is our revenge and that's the most selfish parts of who we are or we could say it this way we hurt each other because that's easier than doing the next right thing whenever more than one person is involved in anything there's always a high possibility for drama stress conflict 
in trouble. We all know that. If you have more than one person involved in anything, there's a high possibility for trouble and drama. People hurt people. When we as people fail to be consistent with our love, with our forgiveness, with how we handle our emotions and our reactions, then we as people cause pain in the hearts and the lives of the other people in our life. And when someone else hurts us, what emotions do we usually feel right away? Humility? No. Forgiveness? No. Patience, kindness, gentleness, no. Usually right away when someone backs us up into a corner, the first emotions and reactions that we feel right away is revenge. We get angry. We want to get them back. We get resentment and we want to retaliate. And so anytime you and I are in a situation with someone else who has hurt us, there's always this dilemma to figure out. And this is what it is. I want to love like Jesus. I want to forgive like Jesus. I want to have compassion like Jesus and show grace like Jesus. But at the same time, I don't want people to think that I'm a doormat. At the same time as I'm showing grace, I don't want people to think that they can walk all over me and run all over me and take advantage of me again and again and again just because I love and I forgive and I offer grace. That's a fine line for us to walk. We all want to love like Jesus and forgive in a godly way, but we also don't want to be hurt over and over again. I want to let this hurt go, but I also want to have enough distance between me and the person who hurt me so I can have space and time to heal from this broken heart so I can love and forgive properly. And honestly, most of the time, right after we have something like this, this painful event in our life at the hands of someone else, because we're so emotional, sometimes we can find the strength to offer forgiveness and sometimes we can't. Sometimes we just feel too weak to offer forgiveness and then at other times our pride just gets the best of us and most of the time in those situations the easiest thing to do is to hurt people right back because that's easier than restraining the most selfish parts of who we are and so today we continue with this study on loving properly forgiving properly and healing from heartache by setting healthy boundaries in our life. And so in this series, we talked about different steps. Last week, we talked about the first step. And the first step was that you need to know your limitations with other people. If you don't know your limitations with other people, you're going to allow them to take you past your limitations in your mind, in your thinking, in your feelings, and in your emotions time after time after time again. Today, we move on with the second step. Several years ago when my dad was alive, man, my dad used to love to go fishing. When he passed during De Quincey, he rarely had a slow day. But when he did have a slow day and there was nothing really going on, he loved to get away and go fishing. His favorite places to fish was Toledo Bend and San Rayburn. But if he couldn't do that, sometimes he would go on the Sabine River and just fish there, over there by Starks and Maryville and those types of places, way out there heading into Texas. So sometimes he would go. And I remember one day, him and my older brother Darren went fishing on the Sabine River, and they weren't gone for very long. And when they came back home, they were huffing and puffing, and they looked scared to death and shocked. And I said, Dad, what happened? He goes, man, we had to get out of there. He says, when we were fishing, we went down one of these little cuts. He goes, and someone started shooting at us. There was bullets flying by our head, hitting the water right by the boat, hitting the boat. He said, we laid down, cranked up the motor, and we barely made it out of there. And I said, who was shooting at you? He goes, we have no idea. We could hear it, but we couldn't see it. But they were definitely shooting at us. And so, I mean, that was scary. 
Well, a few years after that, I get called to Starks to be a pastor. And so as I'm pastoring there, I'm meeting all kind of nice people. And there was this older man in our church named Mr. Buxton. And one day he said, Pastor Tony, would you like to go fishing with me on the Sabine River? And I thought, yeah, cool. That's awesome. Let's go. And so we started fishing down the Sabine River. And man, we were going down these little cuts. And I started to tell him about that story about my dad and my brother. And I said, Mr. Buxton, no one's going to shoot at us today. He goes, no, I don't think that's going to happen. And so, man, we were going down all these cuts that day. We were down there for hours on the Sabine River. And honestly, we went down so many cuts that we barely made it through. It seemed like we went 200 miles into Texas. And I remember we went down one cut and we were way out in the woods. I mean, way out in the woods. And I saw something that I had never seen before. I came across this wooden piece of wood nailed to a tree and with a paintbrush was written no trespassing. And right behind that was a bunch of logs put together and some boat bottoms put together. And then there was this stick frame with some visqueen over it like a little makeshift houseboat. And as we were trolling by that makeshift houseboat and it said no trespassing, a man walked out of there with nothing but cut off blue jean shorts, nothing else on. His hair was about down to the middle of his back. His beard hung down to his knees and he had a rifle over his shoulder. And I whispered to Mr. Buxton because he was just staring at us. He was just watching us go by. I said, Mr. Buxton, I said, do you think those are the people that shot after my dad and my brother that was shooting at him? And he said, yeah, that's probably them. I said, are they going to shoot at us? He goes, no, we have an agreement. I said, well, that's cool. I said, am I a part of that agreement today? He goes, yeah. I said, well, what agreement do you have with him? He goes, well, several years ago, I rode over here with my shotgun and I squared off with him and I told them that I was fishing this river before they were born. And so I would make a deal with them because they moved out here because they're growing stuff out here that they don't want people to find. So I made a deal with them that I won't mess with their crops if they let me fish and I'll bring them some of my homemade deer beef jerky once a month. He goes, deal. So they made a deal with him. They wouldn't bother him and he could fish those cuts. So we had a good time. We fished and we came home. But I never saw anything like that before. But then I started thinking about these no trespassing signs. Why do we put no trespassing signs up? Why do we put beware of dog signs up? Well, this is why I noticed this. People put up no trespassing signs or beware of dog signs for protection, for their protection, but also for your protection too. Those people that day were trying to protect their land and their crops that they didn't want people to find or mess with. And so they needed protection. But that sign was also up for our protection because if we trespassed, we were going to get hurt too. So a no trespassing sign, beware of dog sign, is put up for their protection and for your protection. And in our personal life, when we draw a line and when we set a boundary in our life with someone else who has hurt us, many times they've hurt us or Many times they've taken advantage of us or many times they've crossed the line over and over and over again, neglected us, taken us for granted. The lines that we draw and the boundaries that we set are for our protection, but they're not only for our protection, but they're also for the people that we're setting those boundaries for. It's for their protection, because if we don't set those boundaries and we keep letting those people take us across the line and past our limits over and over and over again, past our limits in our feelings, in our thinking, in our emotions and in our reactions, then we're going to explode onto them, the most selfish parts of who we are. Our pride is going to come out 
out onto them. Our anger is going to come out onto them. Our resentment is going to come out onto them. Our revenge is going to come out onto them. And so when someone hurts you over and over again, you have to draw a line and you have to set a boundary for your protection to protect your emotions, your heart, and the health of your future relationships. But it's also to protect them because if you don't set a boundary, they're going to keep taking you across the line and you're going to unload on them and it's going to hurt them. And they will experience our anger then. And then we'll just hurt them right back. So not only does a healthy boundary protect you and your heart and your soul, but it also protects them. Now in Matthew chapter 6, we reach the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. The famous sermon that Jesus was preaching to his apostles, to his disciples, to his followers, and to large crowds of people. And at one point, Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount that we should treat other people the exact same way that we want to be treated. And then he says that we we shouldn't judge because if you judge, you just set yourself up and back yourself up into a corner for people to judge you right back. That's why he, that's why he said, don't judge unless you be judged. So when you judge other people, you're just setting yourself up for them to throw rocks right back at you. And then he teaches his followers a model prayer. This is not the Lord's prayer. This is the model prayer. When they said, Lord, teach us how to pray, he gave them a model prayer to model their personal prayers after. So according to Jesus, when we pray, we don't have to say this exact same prayer, but we model our prayers after this, which means when we pray, there should be moments of worship. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, worthy is your name, hallowed is your name. And then as we pray, there should be moments when we pray where we're seeking after the will of God to try to find the will of God. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then when we pray, we're also praying about our personal needs, our personal battles, and our personal struggles. Give us this day our daily bread and then when we pray we always need to pray for strength over temptation and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil and then when we pray we need to pray about our forgiveness for other people because if we don't forgive other people then the scripture says that God doesn't forgive us so notice how this prayer turns to this important issue with God there's this very important issue with God and that is you and I need to have peace with all people we need to be at peace with the other people in our life. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's automatic. It's done automatic in heaven. It should be automatic on earth. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. Notice how the translation, the New Living Translation puts this. God, forgive us of our sins as I also forgive those who sin against me. And then he closes with this statement. We cannot expect God to forgive us if we don't forgive other people. And then sandwiched between those two statements is this statement. And lead us not into temptation. But what temptation was Jesus talking about? Because he wasn't talking about the broad temptations. In context, this is the temptation that he was talking about. The temptation is to not forgive people. He says, lead us not to temptation. And that was sandwiched right between those two statements that I have to forgive those who sin against me. And if I don't, then God won't forgive me. And in the middle of that, lead us not to temptation. What's the major temptation? It's harboring 
unforgiveness in your heart. And so we forgive and we follow Jesus and we don't follow temptation. But notice how another translation puts it, the ESV. Notice this, Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now this word trespass in the Greek is a loaded word. and This is what it means and notice this today. It means entering into an area of someone's life without permission, taking advantage of them and treating them unfairly. You lied to me. You hurt me. You betrayed me. You took me for granted. You pushed me way too far. And that always feels like you crossed the line. That always feels like you intruded. It always feels like you trespassed into an area of my life that you were not invited. It feels like you're a thief. It feels like you're an intruder. How do I love and forgive and set boundaries with those people who have constantly trespassed in my life and intruded in my life and crossed lines in my life over and over and over again. Well, one way is to make sure that one way to make sure that you never forgive. This is how you can make sure that you give in a temptation. One way to make sure that you never forgive and give in a temptation is to not set clear and healthy boundaries. Remember this today and notice this. Trying to forgive without setting a clear boundary is like building a new house with no doors, no locks, and no windows. You may not want uninvited intruders, but there's nothing there to stop them from trespassing. Let's say you build a brand new house and you put up no fence, no doors, no locks, no windows. You may not want people to walk into your house. You may not want people to walk onto your property, but there's no lines, there's no borders there to stop them. Now, when dealing with this subject of forgiveness and love and unforgiveness and boundaries, I've noticed this to be true in our life very often. In fact, more often than not, and notice this today if you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Personality traits and character flaws in your life and personality traits and character flaws in my life will usually cause personality conflicts in our relationship. For instance, people have character and personality traits of anger. People have character and personality traits of being corrective, being passive, selfish, negative, sad, suspicious, aggressive, depressed, addicted, and on and on. And usually you can count on this. Those character flaws and those personality traits are going to clash with the other character flaws and the other personality traits of the other relationships that you have in your life. Someone crosses the line. This is why people hurt people because character conflicts, personality conflicts cause us to be highly emotional and many times we don't restrain the most selfish parts of who we are. Your personality clashes with my personality and it takes us to a place emotionally where it takes us past our limits and we hurt each other again and again and again. And so because I do not give you permission to lie to me, because I do not give you permission to judge me, because I do not give you permission to shame me, to criticize me, to deceive me, to uh, exhaust me and to stress me out, then I need to know my limits with you and set a clear boundary so I can make sure that you don't cross that line again. But today, I want to share with you the second step to setting clear boundaries in your relationships to the point where you can love properly, forgive properly, and heal from a broken heart. Again, the first step last week was know your limits. But the second step is this. The second step to setting boundaries so you can heal from a broken heart is this. And notice this today. In order to set clear boundaries with those people who take you past your limits, you must 
practice mental strength and discipline. Whenever you set a clear boundary, you will be tempted. You will be tempted to back off of it and to let it go. You cannot do that. Once you draw a line, stick to that line and you must have mental discipline and you must have mental strength to not let your guard down and to not let those boundaries go. If someone has trespassed in your life, if they've crossed lines uninvited and hurt your heart and hurt your soul, set boundaries. But in order to keep those boundaries, you have to practice mental strength and mental discipline. Now, very quickly, here's some questions to ask ourselves to help us develop that mental strength and that mental discipline to stick to our boundaries. And these are very important questions. The first question is this. Notice this. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Is this thought useful? Our mind produces thoughts. That's its job. But just because you have a thought, that doesn't mean that thought is you. Let me say that again. Just because you have a thought, that doesn't mean that that thought is you or that thought comes from God. You are the one who gets to decide which of your thoughts are useful and which of your thoughts you're going to act on. You are the one that gets to decide which of your thoughts are useful and which of your thoughts you get to act on. For example, when we put distance between us and another person, one useless but common thought that we have is this, I wonder how this boundary is making them feel. But listen to me, when they were trespassing in your life and hurting your heart, they didn't really care about your feelings. It doesn't matter how your boundary is making them feel. That thought is useless. You have to practice mental strength and mental discipline. A better thought would be this, if I don't keep this distance between us, then we may never forgive each other. If I don't set this boundary, then we may never forget each other. And so you have to practice mental strength and discipline. The second question is this, if you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Is my thinking entitled? Anger comes from thinking that someone owes you something. And so does unforgiveness. It comes from the same thinking. Anger and unforgiveness comes from this entitled thought that someone owes you something. You get angry when there's traffic because you think the universe owes you something better. We get angry. When people hurt us, we get angry because we think we deserve something better. Sometimes people don't treat us the way that we want to be treated. That should not shock you anymore. People hurt people, especially to the point of anger and unforgiveness. No one owes us anything. That's why when people hurt us, it's okay to set a boundary with them because you don't owe them anything either except forgiveness. But you can never forgive until you set a healthy boundary. The next question is this. Is this who I want to be? We don't really want to be this angry, do we? We don't really want to be this selfish. We don't really want to be this bitter and this full of resentment, this unforgiving. We don't want to be like that. Unforgiveness is a disease that kills your soul on the inside. Some angry, bitter thoughts will never set you up to be the best version of who you are. So when those thoughts arrive, you get to decide which thoughts you act on. And you need to decide to be the best version of who you are. And that version sets boundaries so you can forgive. If you and I could ever, ever get to a point in our life where we, number one, know our limits, and number two, practice mental strength and discipline, then we can properly forgive because we will properly be setting boundaries. Over 20 years ago, at the first church that I pastored, 
there was this family that I was always working with because they had a lot of family division. And I was always counseling with this family member and that family member, trying to get them to reconcile, trying to get them to come back together so they can forgive each other. Because I saw how their unforgiveness was destroying their hearts and destroying their souls and destroying their joy and their family. And I remember one Sunday I was eating lunch with them and one of the daughters said, Pastor Tony, God's just going to have to forgive me because I'm never going to forgive my grandma. God's just going to have to forgive me because I'm never going to forgive her. And I had to tell that lady, I said, hey, ma'am, I said, listen, I said, Jesus actually said that if we don't forgive others, then he's not going to forgive us. And so that statement isn't lining up that God's just going to have to forgive you for not forgiving someone else because Jesus made it clear that if we don't forgive others of their trespasses, then why should God forgive us? But do you know why that young lady came to that point with the grandma? You know why she reached that point of unforgiveness and hurt and anger? Because she was never strong enough and she was never determined enough to set healthy boundaries with the grandma. And so the grandma kept crossing lines over and over and over again and pushing this young lady past her limits over and over and over again. And if she would have set a healthy boundary in the beginning by knowing her limits and practicing mental strength and discipline, then she would have gotten to a point where she could have let it go. Let the hurt go, let the anger go, and she could have practiced forgiveness. That's what a boundary is. A boundary is a no trespassing sign for my protection, but also for your protection. Now, I usually get two main questions when it comes to this. People ask me these two main questions all the time when it comes to this subject. Question number one is this. What is biblical forgiveness? Question number two is this. Tony, give me some examples of healthy boundaries. I get those two questions all the time. What is real biblical forgiveness? And give me some real life examples of healthy boundaries. I cannot wait to dig into this next week. So you got to tune back in. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we talk about what real forgiveness is and what real forgiveness is not. And then real examples of boundaries. We absolutely love you. We hope you have a wonderful week. Now stay tuned for an amazing time of worship with the Water's Edge worship team.